everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. It's the start of a new week here, and I have a new author, not a new author, but I should say a new author to the, the podcast joining. This is Michael Northrup. Michael, may I call you Michael? Uh, certainly, yes. Great, great. Welcome to the podcast. We love to talk about YA literature, middle grades literature, comics, just a variety of things that seem to be right along uh, your wheelhouse, if that if that's the right metaphor to use there. I, um, sure. <laughs> it works. So I always like to ask, being the, the English teacher person that I am, this world of authoring, what connected you as a young reader to reading, writing, creating? And I also know you've written for DC as well. Yes. Well, you know, I had a... Um an unusual start to the, the, the process there. I am, I'm dyslexic and, um, uh, you know, I think the, um, awareness, uh, and, uh, you know, this whole sort of infrastructure around that, um, is, you know, is light years ahead of where it was when I was a kid. But when I was a kid, I was very fortunate to be um, diagnosed early uh, in second grade, which at that time, I mean, you, I mean, and you certainly, you, you still hear all the stories about people who found out uh, when they were in college or when, you know, high school or something like that. And um, for, you know, I mean, you know, as educators, you know, at, at that age, everyone is making mistakes, you know, so to, you know, but I had a, a, you know, a, a teacher who'd been at it a long time and just realized there was a, you know, a, really a pattern to, to mine. And so, you know, I was diagnosed as, as dyslexic in second grade and I repeated second grade, which, you know, I didn't enjoy it the first time. Um, so then I had to do it again. And I was in special ed, which again, um, I think a lot more awareness of that these days. At the time, it was a dark night of shame for, um, you know, students in, you know, a small stat town elementary school. And so um, I repeated uh, second grade in a small special ed class. I remember I spent that year um, reading and rereading the same few uh, sort of primer type books, you know, Dick and Jane type stuff, um, just over and over again. It was this sort of what I call, you know, the square peg round hole, uh, read damn you approach where they just, <laughs> it's like, you got to, and it honestly, you know, I'm oversimplifying because I don't understand. I don't remember the more subtle things they did, but after a full year of that, I was a better reader. And, um, and they sent me along, um, and, you know, I, I, um, I do feel very fortunate, um, that, you know, they addressed that early, but, at the time, you know, it just meant I was a year older than um, my classmates going forward. Uh, mm. The reason for that was special ed, which I felt like was just a, a secret I had to guard with my life. Um, and so, um, I, you know, and I also, of course, I was a slow reader, you know, a better reader after after that. But, um, you know, to, to this day, I'm still a slow reader. And so, um, uh you know, reading was sort of tied to my deep, dark secret and all of that. And and I did not do a lot of that. I just did to the best of my ability, what was assigned. And even that, you know, is a little bit of a struggle, um, for, for quite a while. Um, 
but the first things I, I found, you know, when you mentioned DC, um, were comic books, you know, and comic books were wonderful for me because, you know, visual storytelling, um, they were the first thing I could really read at the same pace as everyone else. So, um, we had a local pharmacy had, you know, comics on the rack and I could pick up the new issue of, you know, Spider-Man or, you know, X-Men or something like that. And then, um, both of which I realized are Marvel titles, but you know, it is what it is. And, um, yeah. um, and, and be able to talk about it the next day, you know, on in the back of the bus with, with everyone else, um, which had never been my experience before. Um, so the first thing I really read, uh, for fun, um, and, and, and any sense socially was, uh, comic books. Um, and then the next thing was probably was like Dungeons and Dragons rule books. I was big, mm. big into Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, the, the dungeon master does most of the reading for that. Um, but you know, I'd read, you know, pour through the player's handbook and stuff like that. And it didn't even occur to me that I was reading. I just thought I was playing a game, you know? So, um, it was that kind of thing, comic books and Dungeons and Dragons. I sort of feel like I got tricked into reading or at least into enjoying reading. Um, and, you know, as I got older, I, you know, I did speed up a little, um, and, you know, began to enjoy stories, shorter books, then longer books. And so it was it was a slow uh, process. You know, if you think of like reading as a ladder, I, I sort of missed the first few rungs and it took me a while to to scramble up there. Um, and then I started what I started writing was poetry, which is which is great for dyslexics, I got to say, because um, I don't know if you've read the book um, My Dyslexia by Philip Schultz. Mm. but fantastic no, fantastic book and um it's it's very short Philip schultz is a great poet um also dyslexic and he called it my dyslexia because um you know it's different for everyone and um but it is the same kind of thing because um you know for poetry you have to read it slowly and carefully um and you know that is to this that's the only way i can read anything and so if i'm going to read every something slowly and carefully it might as well be poetry and so i i really took to it and writing it the same thing and in sixth grade i i i won a uh like a school a writing competition a school-wide writing competition for my grade i got first place and you know for someone who had struggled really struggled um in school up to that point like that level of positive feedback was very very powerful and i think you know i became i got into english class like that became my class my thing um and it was i think it was just you know chasing a little bit more of that that validation you know that positive feedback and um and then yeah all through high school i was sort of like a like english nerd but like poetry but also you know i'd sit there i'd power through all the faulkner and stuff like that um and, you know, being a slow reader, it's it's an interesting thing because, you know, you know, I definitely would have classmates who'd read a book two times before the test and I'd be struggling to finish it before test day, you know, but mm -hmm. you read slowly, you know, it's like driving, you drive 30 miles an hour, you're going to notice a lot more things than if you're driving 100, right? And so... Um, even to the point of remembering where, like, you get a test question, you remember where things were on the page because you spent that much time reading it, right? So um, that's the way that worked. And so then I became an English major um, and uh, got a job in, in journalism. And and uh, um, at, during school, I was 
in college, I was working at the World Almanac. And then afterwards, I got a job at Sports Illustrated Kids. So, you know, as I'm writing these short, you know, 300, 500, 800 word sports articles. Um, and I, you know, I enjoy that. And then I decided, you know, maybe I, I'll write something a little bit um, longer, you know, for myself. Mm -hmm. So I started mm -hmm. writing short stories on the weekend and um, the sh short stories got longer and eventually I, I realized I was ready to write um write a book and and that's really how um both things happened how I became a writer and also how specifically I became a writer for kids because you know as a Sports Illustrated Kids I of course had applied to Sports Illustrated and what what I got was a job at Sports Illustrated Kids and so um uh they took it very seriously in terms of uh in terms of reading level grade level we used to have focus groups we called it um kids under glass because it would be like a room of um of kids you know going over the new issue of sports illustrated kids um and we're behind yeah. the, the the mirror um so we could see them sometimes they suspected you know like you'd see them like looking over at the mirror a few times too many um uh -huh. But that was so, you know, in terms of like reading level, interest, um, things like that, I, I got a, a really a huge education uh, during um, 12 years at, at Sports Illustrated Kids. Um, and that's how when I began writing books, I mean, it, it seemed natural. My first books were YA and then um, middle grade. And it's mostly been that since. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you said so much there that just connects with so much that I, I believe about literacy and I value about literacy, the, the early um, working with kids, for one thing, it's awesome that you were able to get some support in second grade when you needed yeah. it, because sometimes students go go a lot farther. Um, the success in sixth grade of sort of winning the writing contest, I was the same way. I um, won a contest. I don't think I placed first, but it was enough. It was enough in eighth grade to have a teacher yeah. say, hey, I like your writing. It kind of set me on that path. I mean, winning a contest, having a contest, you know what I mean? Like this, this, you know, and that looking back, I realized that's some English teacher taking that upon themselves to organize this thing school wide. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. an extra thing, you know, um, grade by grade and getting buy in from the different teachers and all of that you know, getting the winner announced on morning announcements. I mean, I, I was just, I was very fortunate. I, I grew up in a, a, a small town um, with, um, uh, you know, with a, with some really good schools, uh, Northwestern corner of Connecticut. Um, it's kind of rural, um, but, um, you know, again, this, you know, even down to like class size, you know, if that, that class is bigger, there's no way that second grade teacher realizes this one kid is dyslexic, you know, and so just things like that. I just, I, I do feel very fortunate. Uh, just um, if I got to be born dyslexic, also with a speech impediment, then I was born in the right place because I had a, a teacher who, who figured out the dyslexia and I got speech therapy all through uh, school too. So yeah, shout out to teachers. Shout 100%. Out to teachers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also love the idea of your sort of your deep, dark secret turning out to be your superpower in a way. Funny uh, how because, that works, right? Yeah. yeah. Now you're, now you're an accomplished author. Uh, so I love that path and it's just great. I, I hope people out there that listen to this know that if they are young, if they're working through dyslexia or something else in literacy and reading, that that's not the end, that there's work to yeah. do forward. And uh, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because it's like 
you know, as adults with some perspective, it's, it seems so obvious and so clear, but I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, it's not an objective reality, but it's a subjective reality where it feels so real. Like I remember for years, I didn't have birthday parties because I was afraid, you know, obviously I have a birthday party. People are going to want to know how old you were. And I was a year mm -hmm. older. And, and like, to me, that seemed like the most shameful thing, which is crazy. If you think about, you know, all the different things people go through and the obstacles they have, like, but at, it just in my mind, and partly because I didn't let it breathe because I, I wouldn't tell anyone, it seemed so big. And so it's just one of those things because I, I, I don't want to also, you know, diminish the reality that kids are, are going through when they, they, these things do feel like big secrets and stuff like that. But it's like, it does seem a little ridiculous to me looking back on it. The, yeah. the weight I gave yeah. that, the way I let it control me a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, we all, we all, or many of us let things control us that we look back at and go, you know, <laughs> I'm not alone in that. I'm not alone. Um, so I'm also getting the connection between D&D &D and Tomb Quest, because I was going to ask well, about your work in prose as well. Yeah, I mean, so Tomb Quest, um, I mean, yeah, so there's a connection with Dungeons and Dragons here, because obviously there's magic and it's fantasy and there's... Um, but that was also um, some, I was a huge mythology nerd. Love it, and love I, it, yeah. And I think, honestly, there's there's a, a connection there between the comic books and mythology. Because, you know, obviously, like the original superheroes with the superpowers and the cool costumes and the whole thing and and backstories and, and, and family drama, like the whole thing. And so, um, but like Egyptian mythology i really i always was super super interested in and um yeah i think that tomb quest you know before that i'd done individual books and tomb quest was my first series and and um it was a little bit of a, a melting pot of all those things you know the yeah the the dungeons and dragons uh the mythology the i mean the whole the whole thing um but i will tell you i struggled with um with that first book with that specifically with that element because everything i'd written before that had been realism and psychological realism where it's like i want things to happen and i want people to respond in a way that seems true and, and real and that's one thing when you know you have a big snowstorm like oh you know you you know my book trapped is about a huge uh, blizzard right and kids you know and, and trapped in high school um and you, so you can go from that elation it's like oh it's snowing we're going to get out early to like the slow um building dread that we're not getting out at all you know what i mean and so yeah. that feels familiar enough that i was um comfortable doing that or you know i had a, a book called plunked about a, a kid who gets hit uh in the head uh, with pitch um in little league becomes um uh, you know, sort of afraid of the ball. He's dealing with that. Um, all his friends are baseball players. Who is he if he doesn't have baseball? That whole thing. But I, you know, I played baseball, like not well, but it's familiar. I felt like I could do that. But, you know, how do people respond? How does, you know, a 12 year old kid respond when a mummy like sits up and turns and looks at them? You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing when they're in a subway tunnel and it floods with scorpions. Like, like I do not have a lot of, of, lived experience with that and so um 
keeping that realistic like that was a real challenge for me because i could make the events as intense as out there as amplified as i wanted to but mm -hmm. i didn't want the psychology to come become unmoored from the events and so it was a real juggling act for me in terms of like well what can i do um and and the same thing it's like in dungeons and dragons you're using your imagination you're just creating a world but in in the books i've written before that and in the stories too and maybe it's because i came from journalism but um i always had kept it grounded um in reality and experiences i'd had things like that and and the first tomb quest book what the most challenging thing was to like um balance the realism like with the fantastical events and it's why i i feel like people ask me a lot what my favorite book is and and i, I always say i mean um it's the second tomb quest book because um i gotten used to and come to enjoy incorporating those fantastical elements and it, I said it in London, and I went to London for a while to research all the the sites, Highgate Cemetery and things like that, and the tube and stuff like that. And it was really the first book I, I felt like I really could incorporate both like a really active sort of imagination about these fantastical elements and real life lived reported experience and it was the, i i feel like the books before that had been one or the other um yeah. and um that was really satisfying to be able to do it but again a journey and it's funny because that comes the second book of my first series which came after several standalone books so um it is you know it's an ongoing process for sure for sure and and now you're writing um graphic novels with dc you have dear um Justice yeah. League, yeah, yeah. So I've I've written that my fourth graphic novel with uh, DC comes out uh, in August, and that is um, Young Alfred, Pain in the Butler. Um, <laughs> and... Nice play on words there. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, I um, and that you know that's an interesting one because it's a superhero graphic novel ostensibly right is DC, but there is no superpowers in there. I mean, you get yeah. some glimpses of um, Batman coming back from a long day, night of fighting crime. I almost said a long day of fighting crime. It was, it was funny to think of Batman having a the day job. So obviously a long night of Batman like coming back and, and Alfred is there, but that's only implied. So like in terms of like, um, it is, it's cuts, it's two stories, young Alfred and, and, and current, you know, modern current Alfred. And, and um, it, it was, it was interesting because my first one, Dear Justice League, is you know it's the justice league it's superman batman wonder woman all of that and they're fighting mm -hmm. off uh this, they're answering questions from uh from kids from you know young fans uh and in between they're fighting off a, an insectoid invasion of the earth you know so yeah. um it, but you know it's it's been great i mean that first book dear justice league um first time i'd written a script instead of a, a novel a graphic novel uh script you're basically you're writing a script for the um for the artist in the same way that like writing a screenplay you're right you're you know it's it's for the cameras um and i'd never done it before and i wasn't sure how that was going to go and it went great it was super smooth and i think the thing is you just can't read thousands and thousands of comic books growing up without 
something sinking in in terms of like pacing and panel count and dialogue and all of these things like that. And and uh, it was just funny to start thinking that I was a novice and then realize that there was so much in there already. And yeah, again, it was just an immediately comfortable um, process. And, you know, it's like one book after another, I'm, I'm still doing it. And it's been really great because I do feel like it's a little bit of a full circle moment in that the comic books were the first thing I read. The first thing I talked about was got excited about in terms of reading on my own. Um, and now they, there's, you know, I get to write them. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I do like, you know, for example, uh, Dear Justice League, it's sort of broken down chapter by chapter. And the first one is like Dear Superman. Um, mm-hmm. and I kept that the early pages of Dear Superman, almost wordless like there's some sound effects but just as an easy on sort of like runway for reluctant readers they're going to pick this up and they're not going to be confronted with big word balloons right off the bat you know there's more words as as you get into the into the book but i wanted you know that kid like me who's maybe they're not looking for you know a Dostoevsky quite yet you know what i mean like to um get them sort of ease them into the story um with a a heavier balance on the visual, you know, visual storytelling is both it's words and pictures, but, but you, you can turn the dials. And I wanted to, to do that, to make that a friendly, a friendly environment, you know, for, uh, for reluctant readers. Um, And yeah, so that, I mean, so that's, that's been great. And it is something I enjoy. And that's something right now I'm exploring a little bit more is, is the comic book world. So and more to come i hope yes hopefully yes (laughs) awesome yeah and i love that full circle i love what you said about you know doing the work of reading and and doing the the sort of things with it with um materials in school but then also finding joy in it because i I want that for all readers uh both the the things that you have to work on to improve and the joy um, and I love that you're thinking about your readers in that way of inviting them to the page and the reading experience that is uh, compassionate and just thoughtful. And, and I appreciate that so much. Oh, thank, thanks so much. I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, I mean, you just, it just, no matter how long ago it was, you never forget that, like, you know, like the, what that was like, you know, to be, uh, intimidated by the reading process and then mm-hmm. also to encounter books that did not seem to care that much <laughs> that you were you know like they, they are not going out of their way to make a friendly uh you know uh on-ramp there um in some of those cases you know the the, the primer type stuff which is really um prescriptive like medicinal mm-hmm. and the um you know and even i mean i remember uh you know, yeah, some of the denser stuff, even right down to the the pages, you know, you turn, you open the book and you see a page that's just text, you know what I mean? Like, you know, small type, small margins, and it's so daunting for a slow reader or, or you know what I mean? Just visually. Um, and I mean, so many of the books I read early on were short books, you know, you know, even in high school, like something like Great Gatsby or something like that, which, um, um because there's a satisfaction right you 
you open the front cover, you close the back cover, you you have read a book. If that book is 181 pages, it still counts. It doesn't have to be, oh, what you, did, you know, yeah. still read a book and and uh, and it still helps. And then you feel like a little every book, like a little bit more accomplished reader. And I just I remember that so vividly. So I want I want to. um yeah, to to make that a little bit more accessible for for my readers. Yeah, that is that is awesome, truly awesome. Um, and I'm looking forward to Young Alfred. I'm a big Batman <laughs> fan. Batman was big in my reader life as as a young student. That I wasn't in special education, but I was pulled out in third grade because I needed glasses and yeah. no one knew. Um, so I remember, you know, that feeling. Yep. Um, so absolutely. And, uh, so looking forward to that one, any other I, I think, titles? I mean, oh, sorry, I, go ahead. I, I mean, it, it looks gorgeous, which is one of the great yeah. things about working on comics is like you finish a novel and you can be a little bit bashful about promoting it or whatever, because it's like, you know, bragging or whatever, but like, if you're really proud of it, but, um, uh, with comics, it's fantastic because I've been lucky to work with such amazing artists. And so then you can just gush about the art, you know what I mean? And you, you can just do it. We don't have to worry about, you know, like, like tuning your own horn or anything, but the art is, is, is gorgeous. It's by, um, artist named Sam Lotfi. Um, and it's really, it's a human book, right? Like it's about Alfred and specifically mostly about young Alfred. And so, yeah, again, no superpowers, uh no um super villains just like some stiff upper lip some mysterious doings at uh um set at uh gotham servant school the toast of the upper crust so um it, but it's so it's just it was a fun environment to like play, yeah play with words tell uh, just a really human story about like different ways like what it means to be a hero it doesn't necessarily mean you you can fly around the sun, you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I'm really proud of it. Um, yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. Oh, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. And I love those books too, because they fit uh, such a broad range of ages. You know, sometimes comics are a little more mature. And so um, upper elementary, I mean, beyond can, can really enjoy the books. Um, and I know we should probably mention websites or anything like that as we're coming to the end of our, Episode. I mean, I'm just, you, you could just, you could just, um, uh, find, I mean, all the standard stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm on, I'm on Twitter for, I mean, we'll see how, you know, <laughs> for as long as it's there <laughs> and, um, yeah. In whatever state it may be in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do the standard things that, that authors, that authors do. So I've got, yeah, I've got a, got a website, um, michaelnorthrup.net. I could not get the .com. So um, uh -huh. there's an artist in Michigan who, there aren't that many Michael Northrups, but there are a few of them who um, I battle it out with online. <laughs> One of them's got the .com and the other is um, like a big a climate um, change sort of um, guru. Like he runs the... Um, I think the Ford Foundation Climate Change Fund or something like that. So every once in a while, he'll do like an op-ed in like the Washington Post or something and dominate me in the Google rankings for a couple of days. And then I'll yeah. slowly battle my way back. <laughs> Not someone I'm trying to, um, I feel like they need, they should get all the, the public platform they can but but it is funny so yeah but anyways i'm not hard to find online i'm i'm in all the standard places i've been doing this for a while uh young alfred will be my uh, 16th um nice, book, nice. so 
um, yeah, all the standard places. <laughs> well, we'll link the .net in the description of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And thank you for your work. Thank you for uh, the 16 books and more to come and sharing about your journey. Uh, and I'll be sharing this and hope that lots of teachers, readers, uh, enjoy it and hear the the message of again the dark secret that becomes the superpower i love it yeah that's so <laughs> I, lo I love the way you phrase that that's so good well yeah thanks thanks so much for talking to me this was great absolutely wonderful to meet you i've read your work for some time uh and thanks so much yeah thanks again bye-bye